Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and practical practicalities. I'm Jingan and I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYShow on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, let's start the show. So Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Why are newspapers so big? Hmm... I always asked this question when I was a child. Uh-huh. Because it was so difficult to read it. And do you get a satisfactory answer from the adults? Of course not. They're just like, it's just the way it is. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> and then I'll be like, you want me to read the newspaper, but it's so difficult for me to read it, right? <laughs> to hold it up, right? Yeah. You know, in my house, when I was a kid, all yeah. the way until now, right? When yeah. I want to read newspapers, right? I read it on the floor. Yeah. Do you or do on that the table? Well? Yeah, because it's like, even if you read it on the table or on the floor, right? It's difficult to manipulate it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, to flip it over. I don't know, as a child, uh, it's difficult to uh-huh. flip the paper. And it's so big. And then, like, you know, so easily folded. And it's so floppy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yes. Why? I was inspired for this search term because I saw an uncle fumbling with his newspapers at a kopi tiam. Oh. Then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I had this thought when I was a child. Why are the freaking newspapers so big? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Why? Okay, before we get into it, right, do you know the size of a newspaper? Like, do you want to guess in CM? Like, how big a newspaper page is? CM? Uh? Uh-huh. As in, like, when it's open or it's not open? Uh, not open first, ah. Uh. So not open means like, for example, you know the way that it's sold in the newspaper stands is folded. Uh huh. So I think that folded version is like, I don't know, 40 times 70 cm. So when you hold it in your hands, eh, the cover page is how big? So like unfold, that means it's like 100 times 70 cm. So it's like one meter. Uh. <laughs> times <laughs> It's one meter tall. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the newspaper is the length of a small child, is it? <laughs> to you. <laughs> Are you using your <laughs> child child perception to measure the newspaper? <laughs> yes. No. Is and that incorrect? Child perception. <laughs> it's incorrect. The cover page is about 57cm tall. Oh, 35 okay. cm wide oh. so it's like you know the long ruler in school <laughs> slightly longer than oh wow that. I guess double yeah <laughs> childhood trauma yeah but I mean when you're a child you will feel that it's like one meter tall la. yeah it's like so big right yeah. yeah so when you open it when it's double the width the height is still the same la. it's still mm. 57 cm but the width is about 70 to 75 cm mm, yeah that's why it's so cumbersome like yes nah. Yes. Yeah. So you have to stretch your arms about 70 yes. cm wide to read it comfortably. You have to open your wingspan. Yeah. To read it. <laughs> <laughs> so this standard newspaper size, right, has a name. Oh. It's called a broadsheet or broadside. Okay. So I went to measure the stretch times. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering whether the stretch times is 
that size. Mm-hmm. It is. It is around <laughs> 72 cm by 58 cm. Yeah, like it's the standard newspaper size. Yeah, so very normal, very mm-hmm. standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so it brings us to the question. Why is it so big? Do you want to guess? <sighs> Why? Yeah. Hmm. I guess we have to think about how did the news come about in the first place. Because like, if I'm not wrong, like, last time it's like there's a, this thing called town crier or something like that. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I mean like medieval times. Okay. Like there's somebody screaming out the news. Uh-huh. Or like, you know, there's some like notice board there, everybody like walk past it. Oh, yes, yes, thing. yes, yes. Then all the news. Where are you getting this idea from of town crier? Like TV show or like books <laughs> okay continue continue mm-hmm. right like yes yes seems yes. like something like that for example the king is dead then like somebody screamed the king is dead yeah that's what i'm getting it from anyway <laughs> okay okay continue <laughs> yeah so anyway it evolved 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 then somehow it evolved into like a one piece of paper for example the notice board where all the news of the day or the week is on uh-huh. and then like People thought it would be easier if they got that delivered instead. Uh-huh. So that they get like a message, you know. Uh-huh. Like a telegram or something. Mm. Then yeah, then we can't piece of paper la. All your deductions does not explain why the piece of paper is so, so freaking big. big. Yeah, yeah, correct. I'm just trying to say my thoughts, but I don't know how it became so big. <sighs> okay, never mind. Come <laughs> let me tell you the answer. Okay. Yeah, to understand why is it so big, right? We have to understand the history of news, right? Okay. Like, like what mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. So a long, long time ago, right? News is whatever the ruling parties want the masses and their subordinates to know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because other than the ruling parties, nobody have access to mass media. Even if the mass media is a town crier. Okay. Like nobody can say, excuse me, can you go and shout something? You cannot. Uh. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in ancient Rome and ancient China, right, the government has these announcement bulletins. Yes, And yes. they used to be carved into stone. Oh my goodness. Or metal. Okay. Right? Then they would just hold this <laughs> tablet thing. Tablet. But the tablet is not our iPad tablet. It's no, like it's a, a stone tablet. <laughs> yes. And then they will read whatever the king or the pharaoh yeah, or the yeah, ruler yeah, will yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Then they read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody else can publish such a thing and read it to the masses. Except right? for the king. La. Yeah. Okay. Or whoever is in power. Okay. Okay. Then around 2000 plus years ago, mm-hmm. paper was invented in Egypt. China? Not papyrus, man. Papyrus is in China. <laughs> okay. But paper, regular paper. <laughs> oh, regular paper is in China, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, during the Han Dynasty, which is around 206 BC, then the government decided that Hmm, let's print our palace reports and imperial bulletins on this paper. Oh. And it's called Di Bao. Okay. And it's used to disseminate political edicts or news from the central government to the local government, mm-hmm. then to the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, I decree something, something, something. Oh. I decree. Yeah, and then he will just send the men on the horseback to deliver this, then they will just read it out. Oh. So that's news. Lah, right? Okay, okay. Okay. So in England, right, they got paper already, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're like, hmm, let's make printing presses. Mm. So in the 1400s, they started having printing presses. Oh. Ah, then they decided to print pamphlet. Oh. Mm. Then the pamphlet usually have a single event, 
such as a battle or a disaster or some public celebration. Oh. Like, oh, a battle was forged on the whatever hills okay. and we won or we lost. Okay. How many people died, you know, that kind uh. of thing. But usually it's one event. One. Okay. Yeah. Then, in the 1600s, they were inspired by the Dutch, the English people. Mm. So they see, hey, the Dutch, they collate their news into a book. Mm. Then we got a news book. Then mm. we got more things to read. Not mm. just one thing at a time. Okay, okay. And they're like, ah, brilliant idea. Yeah, can collate. Okay. Makes more sense. At this point, right, I kind of want to change my answer already. Because uh. you say so many things, then uh. it inspire me. Okay. Because newspaper is fast dissemination. Uh-huh. So they need to print a lot. Uh-huh. Then if they have to cut the paper, which I guess the paper is made into large sheets first, uh-huh. then it's one more step. So they want to minus away the step. So that's why the paper is so big. Mm. <laughs> I guess, yeah, could be part of the answer. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Yes, mm. Just continuing my guess. Okay, very good thinking. <laughs> okay. Okay, so then in 1712, right, mm. the British decided to tax newspapers based on the number of pages per edition. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they are like, you want to write more things, right? Then we tax you. Oh, so they uh. want to make less page. Yes. So the news publishers are like, so difficult to print and then gonna tax, right? Uh. So they print the news on the biggest and the most cost-effective paper at that time, mm. which was the broadsheet. Uh. And the broadsheet, right, is a cheap poster paper that was used to print advertisements and announcements. Okay. To paste on, just now you say the notice board and the bulletin boards, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So they already got this system in place to oh. print poster. And, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's very big. Because it's supposed to be plastered on the bulletin boards and also on random walls. Mm -hmm. It's very big, it's very thin. And because these are announcements for events or advertise something. Mm. So it's put for a while, then after that, tear away, throw away. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the quality don't need to be very good. Mm. Yeah. That's why the newspaper people are just like, you know what, now we cannot print the book, right? Because it's gonna text by page, right? Mm. Then we just print on that that paper, even Ah, though it's lousier. Okay, understand. Fun fact. During the 1600s and 1700s, mm-hmm. there was also this thing called broadside ballots. So, the broadsheets, mm-hmm. also known as broadsides, because mm-hmm. it's very cheap to print on it, right? Mm-hmm. There was this culture of making narrative poetry about Germanic legends and romances in the royal courts. Okay. <laughs> like, just stories and nonsense. Okay, they love okay. stories and okay. heroic legends. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fan fiction, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then they were... They will make it and then they want to distribute it, right? Mm-hmm. Then they will print these ballads with the woodcut patterns or illustrations. Okay. Then they will sell it very, very cheaply for just a penny in the village squares or, oh. in, the, or in the central London. Okay, okay. Yeah, to okay. distribute their stories. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then people will like buy it mm-hmm. and read it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be very merry and just read it to each other and laugh and this kind of thing. Merry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very it was a form of very cheap entertainment back then oh. to buy these giant pieces of paper okay yes. yeah besides sticking it on the wall ah. they, they also have these giant pieces of papers of like fanfic la. oh okay okay so these giant pieces of paper it's already known for being like cheap la, basically yeah cheap poster paper mm, and like easy to make Yes. So then the newspapers decided, okay lah, like since, you know, the demand is a lot anyway, mm. then I'm going to just make it like mass produce yeah. in this very cheap way. Yes. And then the least tax, as in T-A-X. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the least tax, correct. Yeah. Yeah, because then they can squeeze all the newspaper articles, right? Into... Anyhow, squash it into different squares. Yes, yes, And yes. then like, 
there will be less pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they will be taxed less by the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why the articles are always like so so many in one page, right? Yes, they just anyhow squish it into one page. Mm. Mm. That's why the format is like that. Mm. Ah. Okay, so over time, right, people associate these big pieces of paper, right, with mm. information and entertainment. Mm. Okay, then in other parts of the world, right, mm. they are not affected by this per page tax, right? Mm. It's also very strange. They also took the same format. Okay. Yeah, because size implied authority. Interesting. Yeah, because back then, right, broadsheets were used to post all sorts of official notices mm. on the big bulletin boards or whatever. Mm. So then people saw that, like, in their mind, right, they see these big papers mm. as being more authoritative and intellectual. Oh, that makes mm. sense. Okay. Then, over time, right, also publishers started making tabloids on smaller paper. Mm-hmm. Then they, like, make it more condensed and sensationalized, the stories, <laughs> right? Okay. On the smaller papers. Uh-huh. So this filled the perception, right, that big equals serious more. Oh. So the perception just like perpetuates itself, you know. Big equals serious. Big mm. paper is serious article. Mm. Small paper is sensational nonsense. <laughs> so it's like it just because they keep doing it, then it just cements this perception in people's brains. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Then now, right, after so many decades, right, it's very hard for the newspapers to change size mm. if they want to be taken seriously. Mm, yes. Like, they want to make it smaller, right? Then people will just not take it seriously already. Yes, I wouldn't even consider it a newspaper, right? Yeah, you think that it's a, like a tabloid or some nonsense, uh, like yes. some free paper. Yeah. Right? Like today, remember today? Yeah, the today. And there was one more? The small one. New paper. Ah, uh, new paper, all this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you would just think that it is not the official. Yeah, not as uh, authoritative law as you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, why are newspapers so big? The mystery is solved. Mm-hmm. It's just perception. Mm. The perception perpetuates <laughs> the mm. perception more. Interesting. Until it became the industry standard and people cannot go back. I guess what is changing is the online version of newspapers now. Yeah, we just read it on our tablet. Lor. Yeah, we our... read it as articles, <laughs> la, like, yeah. which is a new sort of thing Yeah, online. Yeah. Yep. Okay, the end. All right. That's very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So, Jingan, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, the contributor for this week is Chloe. And she gave us three very interesting search terms. Okay, the first one is, why don't women's pants have men's pockets? <laughs> I, I wonder if men know this about women's clothes. Yeah, I wonder also. Yeah. Do you know that you guys, men, have much bigger pockets than the women's pants? Like our pockets are tiny. Like If we even have pockets at all. You know, some of the pockets <laughs> on my pants are fake. Like I buy them home already Then I think that Oh you know I have to cut the seam To make it a pocket Then when I buy them home Then I realise that It's not even a pocket It's just like a hem A hem A hem H-E-M A hem And then there's nothing inside (laughs) It's a fake pocket (laughs) Yeah why? Why is it like that? If not then the pocket is so small That if you put something inside Later when you try to put your hands in To take it out right You cannot take out Yeah 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 Agree why ah? <laughs> I never understood it. It's so weird. Is it because 
they just use a machine to make all the clothes. Then they just proportionally shrink the pockets. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's not proportional, man. No. Oh, so it's not proportional. It's not. I, I thought like a smaller pants than smaller pockets. It's not. It's not proportional. We just have mega smaller pockets. Yeah. Okay. Let's go find out. Why are you sigh? I'm so I'm so annoyed by all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? What happened? Okay. So historically it is felt by designers who design the clothes that men have more responsibilities so they need to carry money documents keys and then like women uh, just stay at home so they don't need pockets <laughs> and then I'm like what? where are you reading so this wrong? <laughs> so and misogynistic <laughs> and then and then like apparently these, these other things even worse uh-huh, is uh-huh. Like, <laughs> It's because designers think that the most important thing in designing women's clothes is either that men must be able to see the complete outline of women's hips in skin-tight pants or women are too mortified to wear anything that makes their hips look wider because it will make them look fat. Okay, so men want to see this beautiful shape and women don't want their hip shape to be ugly. Yes, that's what What? designers think. Okay, oh, oh, that's what designers think. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... Jingang mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wants to punch somebody. <laughs> no, I never said that. That's like, not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also designers assume that women will travel with a purse or handbag. So they put all the stuff inside the purse or handbag. I mean, the whole reason why purse and handbag is invented is also because there is no pockets. Yeah. <laughs> you guys created your own. <laughs> Actually, right. Also because last time women don't wear pants, what? women wear dresses and skirts, right? Yes, but... So then dresses and skirts have no pockets. They should have pockets because you need pockets to put things in. But why can't the skirt and dresses have pockets leh? Because actually in that flowiness, there's so much space to put space the to pocket. Hide. Yeah, pockets. Yes, I always did not understand this. I, I, I need to uh, <laughs> beg to differ about skirts not being able to house a pocket. Yes. Because it will ruin the shape and whatnot. Okay. Because last time when I worked in the supermarket, uh-huh. our uniforms are specially made. Mm-hmm, and to have pocket <laughs> yeah and we actually have a super huge pocket inside our skirt and you cannot even tell that there's actually a huge pocket in our skirt oh because it's for us to put our handphone because we are like managing the place we need to be contacted right mm-hmm. so it can fit our handphone and it can fit a lot more things like the keys the pen knife to cut open the cartons and all that oh. so it is not true that a streamlined skirt ours was quite streamlined one mm-hmm. A-line kind of skirt mm-hmm. cannot fit pocket can fit Okay, so it's mm. the designer's problems. They think cannot fit, but if you are a smart enough designer, can one, can hide one. Mm. There's another, there's another uh, reason. Mm. What? That is to cut costs. That also makes me very angry. So why is it that you never cut costs for the, the men's one? Yeah, why? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> Annoyed. Is it because women clothes had to be cheaper last time or what? No. That's possible. I don't know. Angers. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, hang on. I found a historical reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. They said that during the French Revolution, 
both external and internal pockets were banished from women's clothing to stop them from concealing and carrying restricted materials. What is restricted? I don't know. But <laughs> in the French are. Revolution, yeah. Maybe oh. secret messages or something, I don't know. Oh, mm. okay. So by the 1790s, women had no choice but instead used small decorative bags called reticules that could scarcely fit a hanky and a coin, which is the beginning of a handbag. Mm. Then you carry these little pouches. Mm. Uh-huh. Because they were not allowed to have external or internal pockets. Oh, so they were forced to sort of like, you know, have this little bag. And then after that, it uh, translated and evolved into our modern fashion handbag. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Still annoyed, but okay, fine. <laughs> okay, moving on. What's the second search term? Okay, the second search term is why isn't butter trade a thing? Like, anymore. Hmm. B-A-R-T-E-R, right? Yeah, like, why don't we trade goods with each other anymore? Yeah, I know why, I know why. Because COVID, then pandemic, then everybody contactless. No, I think she meant <laughs> like before COVID. <laughs> contactless. I don't, I don't want to touch. To do with this I don't thing. want to touch the object that you touch. I want contactless. Just scan my card. Just scan it. Scan for my payments. I think uh, because I'm playing this game right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. What, what has it got to do? Okay, continue. Like, is this survival game in this abandoned planet? Then uh. you have trading between the factions. Uh-huh. So we have goods like milk. Uh, you have animals, you have food. There is also gold and silver, mm. which silver is the main currency. So okay. somewhat is easier to have a currency to trade against. For example, one cow equal to two lamb. Okay. Okay, let's say lah. Yes. Okay, then I have three lamb. So that is equal to one and a half cow, right? Mm-hmm. But then the person that one and a half cow, right? So he must me... cut his cow into half <laughs> to no, give but the, you. But... No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, the value of the cow is... When it's alive. Yes. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> once Not it's... When it's dead. When it's dead, then the value is different. I see. Ah, I see the problem. I see the problem now. <laughs> yeah, so in that case, then if there is money to be the middle currency... Then you don't have to worry about cutting your cows in half. Yes. <laughs> okay. So like one cow is 10 coins. Then like the person who has three lamb and want to trade away the three lamb, then the other person just need to give 15 coins. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so why is butter trade not popular? Okay, so what I found about buttering mm-hmm. and whether butter come first or money come first Mm-hmm. depends on who you ask. I see. If you ask an economist, an mm-hmm. economist will say, people butter trade first, mm-hmm. then after that, very inefficient, then after that, they create money, mm-hmm. then money take the place of buttering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you ask behavioral analysts or sociologists or anthropologists, mm-hmm. they will say that buttering comes after money. What? Money came first, then buttering come after. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, how wh- is that possible? <laughs> how? Tell me. <laughs> so, okay, so they posit that buttering comes after currency, right? Mm. It's because 
sometimes civilizations collapse or economy collapse, then mm. currency is no longer in use. Then people will say, I want to trade my this for your debt. My this thing is worth this amount. $20. You mm. must give me something worth $20 back mm-hmm. in return. Okay. So money must come first. Then they can say this, this word. Oh. My thing is worth $20. You must give me $20 worth of it's like credits la. Rambutans or okay, something okay. You know whatever uh-huh. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Yeah So money must come first mm-hmm. Then you ask right How is it possible right How then is what? it possible Because last time they like Probably Most likely trade with Stuff, Like let's right? say I, I hunt down a deer Then uh-huh. like The other tribe hunt down A rhinoceros Okay <laughs> Then you want to trade deer meat For rhinoceros meat right Yeah Okay like so yeah. For Anthropologists and people who study people, mm-hmm. not economies, ah, people. Mm-hmm. Okay, they what they found out was that historically humans work cooperatively mm. in communities. Mm. So, like for example, if you and me and one hundred other people mm-hmm. are belonging to this village, mm-hmm. then our resources will pull it together. Mm-hmm. naturally like oh. there'll be gatherers there'll be hunters there'll be chefs there'll be nannies there'll okay. be like farmers whatever la. we'll all just live together then uh. we'll pull our resources it's not the I have this thing worth this amount no 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 trade with me we it's just not share like, everything la, we basically. just share everything we just work together we just make our village exist okay okay mm. then you say now we hunt the deer right we want to trade with that mm. other village for their rhinoceros meat right mm. yeah so we don't go and Hi, my dear is worth what, what, what? Because there's no, my dear is worth 5,000 gold. There's no yes, such thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or 500 silver. Don't have yeah. such thing. Okay. So it's not like that one. It mm. is a, a very complex dance of human relations. Ah. So they call it the gift economy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's like out of goodwill. We you, you are this. such great neighbors. Oh. I have extra deer meat. Please Would you have... like some? Oh. Come over and eat some of our barbecued deer. Yeah, then like hin hin, I we would like some rhinoceros meat. I don't think they can say it so clearly. They can just say, oh, what is that? Hmm, it looks good. It smells so delicious. Then they're like, oh, you want uh, We got a lot, you know. We'll bring it to the barbecue. <laughs> it's more like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a human emotions complex dance. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's like that. Yeah. So the anthropologists and the sociologists, all that, they will argue that money come first, mm. then bartering. Okay, okay. Later. Understand. So like the our concept of barter trade is actually give economy like at yes. early stages. Yes. Okay. It's give okay. economy. It's like exchange and like good relations, mm. social, mm. social. Mm. Okay, uh. okay. Okay, so why has it fallen out of favour? It has not. It has not? Yes. Because, actually, right, in the recent times, especially after COVID, mm. uh, some people are actually turning to butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, for example, in Fiji, which is a place that relies on uh, tourism, mm-hmm. there was an estimated 100k people losing jobs. This industry, right, the tourism industry actually contributes 30% of Fiji's GDP. Mm-hmm. And so all of these people are just like suddenly they have no jobs. Mm-hmm. So they don't have cash, mm-hmm. as in the cash is tight. And so what they do is there were a lot of um, buttering platforms, uh, online trading communities mm-hmm. that came about. Okay, so and they then, just trade whatever they have la, yes. for each 
like for things la. Yeah, oh. like hard to find groceries. Uh-huh. Especially like uh, flour, yeast, eggs, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only like people who need day-to-day goods. Mm-hmm. Like even businesses, they can trade services. So like for example, like a landscaper can do a $5,000 landscaping job for a local dentist office. But the dentist office, right, can actually use like the account at the butter exchange and then like it's credited for five thousand trade dollars. Uh-huh. And you can use these dollars to spend on Other any stuff. members in the exchange. Oh, because they they set up like a little, like system. A little currency system. Yeah. There, so yeah. we don't need the real currency of that, yes, that yes, nation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can use our goodwill currency. Instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, interesting so you know what i found i found that like the problem with economic currency the Mm. money money right Mm -hmm. is that it can force people into debt Mm -hmm. so like last time the u.s government encouraged native americans to buy goods on credit then they fall into debt then they'll be forced to sell their land Mm. because this money right is like what is worth right it depends on who say what it's worth okay Mm-hmm. Then, like, there are some neighborhoods... Uh, this article is very American, uh, but they are saying that also in black neighborhoods, there's a lot of debt collection lawsuits okay. because they keep asking people going into debt to pay off their bills. Once you owe it, right, you cannot run away from it. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you have other things and capabilities around you in, mm-hmm. your, in your personal life, mm-hmm. like, for example, you can cook for somebody... Mm. and exchange your pot rose for a baby stroller if you need a baby stroller. Yes, You yes. know, something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. So actually, if you run on that kind of gift economy or free base mm. uh, economy, mm. then you won't be chased after the, by the economic debt or economic money. Yes. Ah. That is interesting. I think in the case of the economy is bad and it is in a way that you cannot control. Mm-hmm. Like for example, in a poorer country, Mm-hmm. Like maybe somewhere like Venezuela, mm. where that inflation where your currency doesn't isn't worth much. That is not something a normal human can change about the government, right? Mm. So then yes, like they will turn towards like the goods that I have mm. or like the services that I can provide, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that's why is butter trade is like on the rise in a sense. Yes, yeah, and people do have little festivals or gatherings like one of these is called the rainbow gathering then 10,000 people just gather in the woods for wow. a month wow. then they just do random things la. so some mm-hmm. will set up kitchens to cook some will play music some will like set up trails or teach classes some oh. will gather firewood wow. some will perform plays everybody will just do their different things sounds very exciting yeah and then you will think that you know some people will leech off the whole system mm-hmm. but in the end everybody is fed and everybody's happy because those who can't do other things yes. will just happily do the thing that they can do yeah la. everybody will want to contribute actually yeah yeah so interesting right <laughs> hmm i think humans assume the worst about humans that's the problem mm. okay shall we move on to the next search term butter trade is not dead okay yes we can let's move on to the next search term why am i <laughs> Okay, the next search term is mm-hmm. why do dolphins do weird things? I think what she means is like, for example, dolphins play with their food. They they sort of like throw fish around, you know, and they do some very disrespectful things. Oh, oh, <laughs> like why are they like this? Do they do very weird things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I just googled why do dolphins do weird things and then the top search term is 10 disturbing facts about dolphins you wish you never knew. They look so um, fun, right? And happy. And oh my goodness. cheerful. <laughs> oh my goodness. The next, the next one is 11 facts about dolphins that prove that they are evil. <laughs> then another one, another one. The dark secrets that dolphins don't want you to know. Oh my goodness. What? <laughs> I think we have a misconception of dolphins. Okay. We always like think of them as like... Very gentle. <gasps> yeah. Rainbows yeah. and like peace. Mm-hmm. And fun. Okay. Nopes. Dolphins <laughs> are violent predators. Yes. Okay. So um, they like to kill babies. And they eat a lot of fish. Mm. They and eat over 33 pounds a day. <laughs> they are violent and coercive. They can isolate single females from the pot and forcibly mate with the female. <sighs> they can smack people. They can smack other creatures with their tails. They can smack other dolphins. They like to kill, harbor, propose babies. They can stay up for five days without sleeping. Wow. <laughs> That's quite exciting. <laughs> Oh my goodness, they even use their echolocation to aim at the propoises' vital organs, then they blah 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 blast it. Wow. And bite the propoises and kill them. They sometimes even hunt in groups of 1,000 or more. What? 1,000? Yeah. According to Smithsonian, bottlenose dolphins sometimes hunt in groups of more than 1,000 members. Eh. Yeah. And apparently there's like some hierarchy within the dolphins. It's a bit like a political party. <gasps> and they frequently torture their food before eating it. And then they will go to the other dolphins' territory and raid it and then steal their females. What? <laughs> you think what? They marauders? Uh? <laughs> Why are you like these dolphins? Why? Oh my goodness. <laughs> And then if they want to eat an octopus, they will beat up the octopus viciously and toss them around until the octopus break apart before consuming them. What? And they murder other animals just for fun. According to New York Times, dolphins like to kill fellow mammals. So they will wield their beaks as clubs because their beaks are very strong. Mm -hmm. So when they smack you with their beak, right, it's like clubbing you. And then they were slashed away with their sharp rows of teeth. Oh my god. Huh. Okay, so why are they so evil? So it's not that they're evil. It's just that they are intelligent. Huh? <laughs> it's because humans also do these very gross things, by the way. So they are just like us, ah? They are intelligent, lor. Yeah. But why intelligent then must be evil or mean, eh? Or but aggressive. it's not all of them who do this thing, right? It's like not all humans murder people. Oh, okay, you so understand? why why uh. is our media only covering the evil part of the dolphins? What if there's some dolphin making some dolphin breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> that we don't know about? Yeah, exactly. So as in, like we don't know whether the behaviors that we observe of the dolphins is for that particular dolphin. Or like for a certain percentage of dolphins, <laughs> or is it like you no know, all? Like they are oh. not. They are not exactly stating that very clearly, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. And we only see the bad part, and then we just keep talking about the bad parts. Just of it. like news. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay, we just sensationalize the bad stuff. Yes, indeed. Okay, I would like to end off with a dolphin joke. Okay. Why did the dolphin cross the road? To get to the other beach. To get to the other tide. Okay. <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> yes. Alright, that's the end of our special segment. So, Jingan, what is your search term of the week? Alright, my search term is... Shark in the roof. <laughs> what is that? Shark in the roof. What roof? What is the roof? Why is it the roof? Why, not, why is it not shark in a roof? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Shark in the roof is not the official name of this artwork that we are about to talk about. Uh-huh. Its real name is very not exciting. That's why I decided not to uh, open with it. The real name is Untitled 1986. <laughs> and, <laughs> Untitled! Untitled 1986. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the name on wiki is Hedington Shark. Hedington, Oxford is the place where this shark is at. Okay, yeah. and then it's in a roof. Yes, so shark in the roof is what I googled. La. I'm going to show you a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And then like, can you please describe to everyone what you're seeing and also what you think this piece of art is trying to say. Okay, let's go. We're going to put the picture on our social media. Okay, go. <laughs> it's literally a shark <laughs> on the roof. Lor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like... There's a row of houses, okay. two-story houses. Yes. And then the shark looks like it just fell out of the sky uh-huh. and then hit first into a roof. Oh. And then the tail is sticking upwards. Oh. Yeah, the, the houses are like very normal suburban English houses. Mm. Yeah. So what do I think the artwork is trying to say? Yes. A sharknado came and went. <laughs> A shark needle. Yes. <laughs> this is what's left in its wake. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's that's what I think. That's not bad, no, it's not bad. You know okay. Sharknado? Yeah, the it, it's a the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a marketing gimmick for Sharknado. Oh no, it's not. Okay, it was protest art. Of what? Protesting what? Yeah. <laughs> it's put up without permission. It's protesting bombs. Then why shark? War. Oh, okay. It's to be symbolic of bombs crashing into buildings. So it was first put up in 9 August 1986, uh-huh. which is the anniversary of the day Fat Man was dropped on Nagasaki. Ah, yes. Yeah, and it's actually commissioned by the house owner, who was a local radio presenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was inspired la, because he heard the American warplanes flying near Oxford on their way to bomb Libya in retaliation to a terrorist attack. Mm. So it was put up as a protest against the bombing as well as making a statement against nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. The shark is a metaphor for falling bombs. Mm. Yes. Not bad. Yeah, then he said that the shark is to express someone feeling totally powerless and ripping a hole in their roof out of a sense of vulnerability and anger and desperation. Okay, but he said all these things but people get it or not? Uh, maybe. <laughs> he got put like a play card or something or a signage to say shark 
symbolizes bombs do not bomb others. I think if you ask him about it, then he will say that it's because But of if this. you drive past or you walk past, then how will you know? Uh, then you must knock on the door and say, hello, excuse me, why is this? Okay, you Google it lah. Oh, okay. on Google lah. Oh, is it recent? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. This, when was it put up? Uh, 1986. 86 ah? Mm. Oh, before I was born eh. Mm. Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the shark is painted fiberglass and it weighs 200 kgs and it's like 7.6 meters tall. That's like... That's very tall. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 7.6 is two stories high. Eh? Yeah. And they created it in secret. This uh, house owner la, with, together with an artist. Uh-huh. They created it in secret and they installed it in the middle of the night so that when people wake up in the morning, right, then they'll suddenly see this shark in the oh in the roof of the yeah yeah of the suburb mm. yeah then it's like supposed to be like a shock thing you know yeah because yeah, I can't yeah. imagine the neighbors would agree to this why would they not agree I mean what what if it because it's like vertically up ma, then mm-hmm. if you're staying beside right then you you'll be afraid that the shark will drop into your roof oh, and damage your roof mm-hmm. then you'll be like excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm. Are you going to pay if you damage my roof mm, or something? Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was initially a bit controversial, like you said. Uh-huh. Uh, and the city council actually tried to have it taken down on account of it being unsafe. Yes. Like you said. Yeah. But after a thorough inspection, it was found that the shark was properly installed and safe. Wow. So yeah. if you want to do this kind of thing, right, you must make sure that it fulfills the building regulations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, then nobody got excuse to make you take it down. Yes. Ah. And actually, this whole, like, town council, mm. like, being upset with it and then, like, trying to get it removed is also in the vein of this thing being a protest art. Mm. Yeah. Because of, like, you know, the censorship of war-related stuff. Mm. And this is, like, you know, quite a while ago. Yes. Yeah. But can they just pretend... Hmm? That it's not a protest art. They just pretend that it's it's for kicks. It's like, I like it. It's my house. I can decorate it however I want. They cannot pretend lah. Then it's like against the spirit of this protest art lah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, they just pretend until the government <laughs> go away and then you say, <laughs> Surprise, we got you. Actually, it's protest art. <laughs> okay, uh... Yes, sure. <laughs> okay, continue, continue. Yeah, but anyway, the son bought the house in 2016 uh-huh. in order to preserve the shark and now it's a Airbnb guest house. Oh, it's still there? It. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's still there. It can last so long. It was renovated once. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty well made, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And now the city council is uh-huh. actually saying that, oh, it can stay because it is uh, like a monument. Ooh, and then ah, the sun is not happy ah, because of events <laughs> the sun is not happy because why? then it's not protest art anymore I, I just, I'm just like oh. what? like you want this you want that then what you want <laughs> he want the the government to say we don't allow this but then we just close one eye he don't want them to say we oh. endorse it and then now it become a monument then it's like hey yeah, you all approve already <sighs> okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> sure okay. do you know of other artworks that involve sharks there's one very famous one. Damien Hirst Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shark in formaldehyde. Yes, yes, yes. And what's up with that? I, sh- I just think it's really... What is that? It's <laughs> called the physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone living. Eh? <sighs> Why do people like to use sharks in their artworks? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a man versus wild thing. Or maybe it's like an icon, like a danger... 
it's oh, a, the it's icon a, of danger, right? Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Perhaps. Okay. Alright. So poor thing, the shark. I do not agree with this. <laughs> agree, agree. I mean, if it's like a fiberglass shark, still okay. Mm. It's a real one. It's eh. a real shark, yeah. So sad. And it's not for science. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, mm. we've reached almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. My recommendation for this week is... A snack. <laughs> oh my boss sticks. Oh haha, ha, I recommended it before you. Oh man. Why you want to recommend it, is it? No. <laughs> I didn't think of it. I think you will recommend it one day. Yeah. One fine day. Yes, I love it. What is your favorite flavor? Corn potage. Yeah, I think corn potage is one of the nicer flavors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm, I like the mentai also. Mm. It's like a bit cheesy mm-hmm. and savory. It's kind of weird, right? The yeah. flavor is a confusing flavor. It doesn't taste like mentaiko. It doesn't taste like anything that it I think It tastes like is. fish cheese. <laughs> like fish cheesy. Cheesy fish taste. I don't know. <laughs> okay. What about you? What's your recommendation? Okay, my recommendation for this week is Playground Politics. It's a series by comedian Russell Howard. And you can find it on YouTube. He interviews kids about serious topics like what is the meaning of life, world leaders, and their responses are like super hilarious. And it's just, it's very funny. Okay. And he's a very nice, like, you know, adult to the kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> he makes them feel comfortable and they are, like, you know, expressing themselves. Mm. So, all right. We've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy our comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we're off to record one more thing, a Patreon-only podcast called One More Thing. So, see you there! So, Eliza... Who is the contributor for this week? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Pause for a while.